This is Colin, he has a problem He has a lot of DVDs and some of them he hasn't seen So he's gonna grab his son and they're gonna watch each one until the pile is empty These films are still under wraps, still under wraps Unwatched, unloved and still under wraps, still under wraps, still under These films are unwatched, unloved and still under wraps Hello dear listener and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. You sound different. I I am told that I sound different. You do sound different. Um, Thomas has had an upgrade. <laughs> we uh, removed his voice box and uh, replaced it with a, a newer model that's um, at 32-bit uh, sample rate. So um, you may hear an improvement in his voice, whereas I've downgraded mine to an 8-bit uh, <laughs> voice box. No, um, we, uh, Thomas has a microphone that actually matches the microphone that I use. So we have a matching pair of microphones. The one that uh, he had been using has, uh, has been sort of variable in its performance and and was also battery operated and that was yeah yep so uh, we're uh, we're sort of running uh, equal as far as mics are concerned now however in upgrading the mic we have downgraded the positioning of the mic because we now have two socks a cup and a roll of masking tape weighing down the other end of this tripod uh, but hopefully that'll be solved soon yes um, my microphone is on a elbowed spring-loaded arm that I have another one on order and waiting on that so at the moment uh, the mic stand that Thomas used to use which worked fine on the old mic the new mic is a lot heavier and uh, even tightened to its extreme. Uh, it requires some uh, cantilevering, uh, counterbalancing, and uh, yeah. Wouldn't its extreme isn't all that extreme, to be honest. Sort of a disappointing tightening. It's, it's appalling. I'm yeah. very disappointed with that uh, uh, cheapest. Uh, mic stand I could find at the time that I needed a mic stand at the time uh, anyway <laughs> um, so hopefully uh, you do see a, an incredible improvement in the production quality of of, our, of the video uh, yes yes the audio will not improve any way shape or form to your eye yes the things that we do to uh, sort of um Yes, a silk purse out of a sow's ear, I think is the phrase, or polishing something. Anyway. No no real news in things I've been doing. Um, in in Blaze Ball News, the shelled one descended and stole a bunch of players, uh, forcing them to play against the season champions. Uh, the season champions lost 
miserably, and the shelled one had a a good laugh at us for our, our uh, iniquity. <laughs> uh, we we opened the forbidden book. We committed as you would. We committed some some light peanut fraud. We resurrected the dead. That was that was bad. We shouldn't have done that. And then we idolized the wrong players. And the shelled one didn't like that. Huh. Uh, the the monitor, a, a giant squid from parts unknown, completely missed the match. Right. Jolly, jolly and, good. And was very disappointed. Huh. Okay. Um... I, I, apart from replacing microphones, have discovered that I may be uh, thrust into the joys of accompanying a small group of scouts on a trek down the length of Mariah Island, or half the length of Mariah Island, which is a wonderful island off the coast of Tasmania. And I'm appallingly unfit, so I went for a walk today, which involved a bit of a hill climb, and I nearly died. So hopefully the scout leader who has invited me on this uh, this trek as a responsible adult is not listening to this um, because they're doomed. I'm just hoping that the uh, phone reception has improved since the last time I was on that island because it was non-existent then uh, so that they can call the emergency helicopter to uh, retrieve my remains. Um, no, it wasn't wasn't quite that bad, and the walk that we're going on is certainly a lot flatter than what I tackled, um, except that I believe that on the last day, plans are afoot to climb up the mighty Bishop and Clark, uh, which is a, a, a bit of a slog, on the north end of Mariah Island. So it's got me a little worried. But EncounterMariah.com.au has the following to say. Is there phone service on Mariah Island? Depending on your phone carrier, there is phone service available on Mariah Island. As a general rule, Telstra does have service, Optus is intermittent, and Vodafone does not have service. Right, so I'll be intermittent, but I believe the scout leader is using Telstra, so I should be right. As a general rule. As a, yes. <laughs> um, yes, so that's what I've been up to, which is somewhat fitting the pains and agonies of a long trek through parts unknown, I believe is a theme that continues through what we're watching today. Which is, of course... Oh, I haven't given it to you, no, Thomas. No, you haven't. Hang on. Gee, if only we recorded in stereo. You'd, uh, well, we do actually record in stereo, but I condense it down to mono. and Conversations don't, don't work as a stereo track. Yeah, I, I realised that. I still don't understand your editing process because you you mix down before you edit and I'm like but if you don't mix down you can 
can you raise... can make interruptions like that weren't even there. I know. They never happened. I know. Go figure. It works. It works for me. And uh, look, maybe I'll maybe I'll try something different if we ever think of doing this ever again. Um, <laughs> now and surround. Okay. Um, <laughs> the editing software I use uh, does allow for 5.1. So I could, <laughs> I could. Ah, yes. Let us, let us extrapolate several. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes. <laughs> um, several speaker positions from these two microphones and, and anything's make, possible make it feel like you're really there with us yes on that trek speaking of treks <laughs> let's trek back onto track mm. and uh thomas what are we watching today we are watching a peter weir film i know and i had no idea that it was a peter weir film until i uh uh, went to check what we were watching today because I couldn't remember and suddenly realised that it's a Peter Weir film of which there may be more than one Peter Weir film on the shelf. Who can say? Um, but th- there's an opportunity, a eh? one of those last minute uh, hinteroonies that I've thrown out during the, uh, the course of the... Yes, Thomas is raising his eyebrows. And looking at all the Peter Weir films that he didn't realise he's watched before. Yep, all, all, all one of them. <laughs> See, <laughs> um, so um, uh, you, which list are you looking at? The um, uh, my uh, well, I am looking at the lead on the Wikipedia page. Okay. There's probably more. Yes. There. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. No, only only the one. No. Um, anyway, so Peter Weir film, yes. And which Peter Weir film is... Gee, this, this opening has gone on far too long. Gone way too long. Let's go way back and <laughs> record again. Thomas, okay, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're not going to go way back. Uh, but what are we watching? A Peter Weir <laughs> We're watching The Way Back. Oh, how fortuitous. And would you be so kind as to let our dear listener know you can skip the... This is why I didn't realise last week you skipped all the self-congratulatory bit. So uh, you can do that again because we don't want to make it too easy for our dear listener to take a punt at uh, some more Peter Weir films that may or may not be on the shelf. Okay, I will read the middle paragraph from the back of yeah, the case. Yeah, the bit about the blizzard. That that's that's like the the, the first phrase. That's mm. that's it. Oh, so, well, yes. So you, you can read the middle paragraph. Yes. With a nighttime blizzard discover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Pause for dramatic effect. With a nighttime blizzard as cover, seven prisoners caught up in Stalin's reign of terror escape a Soviet gulag in 1940. With little food or equipment and no certainty of their location or intended direction, they embark on a journey that will present unimaginable hardship and drama. 
Joined by a 14-year-old orphan girl, they struggle through a treacherous journey that will take them across Siberia, the Gobi Desert, and over the Himalayas, thousands of miles of hostile terrain en route to India and freedom. That was a much better rating than last week. Gobi, Gobi, Gobi. I'll take that. Yeah, take that. Um, Is, isn't it amazing how how different my my narration tone of voice is just just when I, when i'm reading something as opposed to mm. reading something as as opposed to reading other things that are not narration right it it is my narration voice does take on a a different inflection too um anyway uh, all that aside as we creep on towards 15 minutes of opening. Would you be so kind as to open the case, which is already unwrapped for inexplicable reasons? Uh, Thomas is going to pop the disc into the disc player. We are going to watch the way back and decide whether it is worthy of staying on the shelf. And we'll catch you after going through those blizzards on the flip side. Turn to side B. You mongrel. did you think it, it it was it was all right <laughs> i need to make a compilation of uh from all of the episodes where you say eh, it was all right it's it's a bit of a dreary film it just sort of trudges along yeah like a walk through siberia the Gobi and the Himalayas. I mean, that, that's the weird thing. I mean, this this walk was over a very lengthy period of time, and to squash it into and it, it was a fairly long movie. But the choice that they made of what bits they shortened and which bits they lengthened um, threw me on a number of occasions. Um, <laughs> You know, the hop, skip and a jump over the Himalayas mm. uh, seemed to happen very, very rapidly. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was at a very much a disadvantage in not being able to put faces to characters. They were all a blur mm. to me. And, and so I, I really wasn't sure who was who. Uh, and th- throughout the the movie and and so the the getting attached to anybody um was was very very difficult for me um the the only easy one was um 
Ed Harris? Yes, Ed Harris as Mr. Uh, the, Smith. As Mr. Smith. Um, purely f- from the fact that he is a familiar character and he was speaking without an accent. Well, <laughs> compared to all of the other um, thick put-on accents, um, with all the mud and the grime, they, they all blurred into one apart from Ed Harris and the girl who I also didn't get attached to either. It was, mm. it was all such a, I don't know. Um, I don't know whether it was because uh, in reading the blurb, you knew how many people made it. And you also knew that uh, I think it said um, that it was four men, four men that made it. So I immediately was guessing that the girl it, it doesn't doesn't it seven prisoners right and the girl somewhere along the lines I got the impression that I already knew that there were. Only four men who made it, so I didn't hold out much. It, it it might have been in the reading at the start of the film, right? I I don't know. Uh, uh, the, the fact that it it's, was based on a a true story. Um, well, but based. Let's, how, 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 let's, you, you did some research. <laughs> let's talk about this. So it's based on a book, right? By someone who claims to have escaped from Soviet Gulag and walked 4,000 miles. Uh, The veracity of this claim is hazy at best. Yeah. What we can can reckon is that the events of this film probably happened to someone at some point... Okay. But not much else beyond that. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. But all in all, because of the frustrations of not being able to um, get uh, a a connection with the characters, I I mean, you know, you have the, um, the, the journey stories uh, such as like Lord of the Rings where you mm. instantly can recognize each of the characters and fall in love with those characters and get a a connection with them I just did not get that mm. in this film and so uh, it was constantly a case of uh, so who just died which one was it that died? And, and do I do I know half of the to to actually be able to relate to the fact that that person died? I I think I had a better time keeping track of more of the cast, but for much of it, it's this is a group of very cold men. This is a group of very sunburnt men. This yes. is a group of men on a mountain. Yeah. It lacked something. It, uh, for me, it lacked clarity. It lacked um, a cohesive progression, uh, a realism in that progression. Uh, you know, the, the 
the sudden jumps from one side of the Himalayas to the other side of the Himalayas, uh, and suddenly from the Himalayas to uh, the middle of tea-growing India. It was, and even that, uh, it being the fact that, yes, they have reached freedom, it just did not give any feeling of elation that they made it. Um, and the vagaries of what happened to uh, Mr. Smith or Mr. Jones, what was... Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith, even was i don't know it it is a film that does wrap itself up very quickly yeah i'm dissatisfied with it i must confess to the extent where no i i wouldn't put myself through watching that again i'm possibly feeling a little ripped off in i i mean i know that with based on a true story that can be very very vague but the the clarification that you've given it makes it feel even less of a it's uh, i should note that the front of the case does say not based on true story but inspired by real events ah okay there is a difference i think your summary of here are some men walking through snow here is some men walking through desert here are some men walking through green tea leaves <laughs> i don't think you added that one no bit. but uh, yeah I, I mean was i expecting anything different i don't know but it was just a lot of that trudge and it would have been a trudge i have no particular desire to keep it on the shelf. What do you think? I, I don't normally ask you as to... I, I don't need or want to watch it again. No, fair enough. Okay, so that's that's going off the shelf. Do you have anything else you wish to add? No, no, that's, that's it. That's the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a shockingly terrible, terrible rubbish film, but it's also get that feeling of, oh, I'm not going to get those two hours of my life back again <laughs> um, so we might as well move on mm. what's on the shelf battle royale we've got a lot of suggestions gotta get through them now or at least some of them we've got to work that out what's on the shelf battle royale so we have how many thomas 50 Exactly 50. Exactly 50. It could have been 51, I, because there were certain people that I was expecting to uh, have made suggestions this week who did not. Um, so, I'm, uh, yeah, got to be in it to win it, so, which means from 50, we've got how many episodes left? This is the seventh last episode. Okay. Is, is a more useful it thing is. to say. Okay, so 7 into 50 goes... Well, 7 squared seven is 49 plus so, 1 is... So we're going to go for 7. Mm. Okay. Thomas, would you please roll the randomising random randomometer? Powered by random.org's random integer set generator... Number 12, Lee... Hi, Lee. Oh, I just shouted that. Hi, Lee. Suggests Deep Impact. Of course I've seen Deep Impact, Lee. It scores three points. It does. 
Three easy points, no multiplier. Uh, number 18, Dan. Hi, Dan. Suggests Arietti. And, of course, I've seen Arietti. I've seen it. It's on the shelf. It is. It's three points. Three points. Well done, Dan. Easy Ghibli. <laughs> Ghibli. <coughs> number 19, <laughs> Helen. Hi, Helen. Suggests a perfect world. Ah, a tricky one. A tricky one indeed. The oh. base score <laughs> is one point. It is one point. And I cannot give that a multiplier. It, it's one point because he's seen it. I have seen it, yes. And I cannot give it a multiplier for reasons. So let's move on. Mm. Number 20. Ah, number 20. I actually need to check to make sure that you haven't lied on my behalf. Oh. Because I have not seen... He has not seen, even though I think he has. I have not seen... I'm certain you have. Helen's suggestion of... (laughs) Hi, Helen. A Monster Calls. Oh, you have... I was not in the room. (laughs) I assure you, I have not seen this film. I'm sure you watched it the first time I watched it. I have not seen this film. (laughs) Okay. Thomas has not seen the film, which is on the shelf. It's still worth three points. Because it's on Blu-ray. It is. Yes. And as far as multipliers are concerned, I'm going to actually give that a multiplier of 1.5. Okay, then. Bumps it up to 4.5. Number 26. Yes. M. Hi, M. Was on a a bit of a tear of um, suggesting uh, Godzilla films. Yes. At the time. At the time. With varying results. M went through a, uh, a Godzilla phase. And this is one of those ones that varies towards exactly zero points. It's Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Right. A, a brave suggestion that did not pay off on this occasion, Em. Sorry. Number 34, Faye. Hi, Faye. Suggests Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, I love that film. <laughs> it's a solid reboot. It really is. I was just... The, the amount of backlash that um, the very suggestion that anyone would make a another Jumanji film that didn't involve Robin Williams, I think they just did a very, very solid job of not making it a, uh, um, a copy of... Mm. Um, and the, the characters that they brought on board were all solid and... Yeah. Good stuff. And it scores four points. Four points, but no multiplier. No. Also, I suspect won't be scoring any multiplier. At number 45, Lee. Hi, Lee. Suggests Pacific Rim. <laughs> oh, a... 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 a, a, a what do they call them? Um, uh, 
uh, a kaiju, kaiju slash mecha slash film. Mecha film that actually gets points this time yeah. around. Um, a whole three of them. All three does not get the Blu-ray uh, release no. and no multiplier. No. I've I've been keeping track of how many points are on the back burner, but we won't talk about that just right. yet. Uh, Lee has managed to move back up into first. Well done. Uh, it's it's still very close. Uh, again, I would say that any of the top four, Lee, Jeff, Helen, or M, could all take it away. I will remind <laughs> you that there are six episodes left. So, Lee is has just retaken first place, followed closely by Jeff. Yep. Then, then Helen. Then Helen. Then M. Then M. And, and it's uh, all very close. Okay, so let's move on. Yes, let's. Shake the phone and pick a film, and then we'll watch the film next week. There are... Four database entries representing six episodes. Okay. Would you be so kind as to shake that oversized phone? We currently have a 50-50 shot of ending up with homework for the week. indeed. It's not homework. Wow. Okay. It's from 2011. It won the Alfred F. Sloan Prize and the Special (laughs) Jury Prize at Sundance in 2011. It's a Sundance film. It's an indie film, maybe. It has a music video in its special features, (laughs) which is is always a fun one, isn't It, it? It is, yes. It is Another Earth. Oh, okay. I don't know how excited I am about this, but it's on the shelf, and I guess we'll we'll find out. For those of you who are unaware of Another Earth, and it sort of slipped under a lot of people's radar, and this was yet another bargain bin drag dragging. Um, <laughs> Would you be so kind, Thomas, as to read the plot synopsis that's apparently printed on the back? Okay. Britt Marling and William Mapover. Mapper? Mapover? Muppet Show. Star as Rhoda and John, two people whose worlds collide after a tragic accident. Their intimate drama plays out against the astounding discovery of Earth 2 a parallel world that poses provocative and fascinating possibilities. Does a new Earth mean a chance at another life? Another destiny? Another self? The back of the case does not answer these questions. What? So that means we've got to watch the film? That is the premise of this podcast. Oh, is it? It is. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, that's what we're going to do next week. We are going to watch Another Earth. We hope that you can join us. uh, And hopefully it doesn't trudge quite so much as crossing Siberia and 
the Himalayas and I I just want you to picture this. On that shelf right now, there are just six films that you have not watched. That's pretty freaky. Maybe I will post a picture of the uh, the library one day and, and and be ashamed about my obsession. And on that on that note, I think uh, we shall depart. It's been a pleasure as always. Mm-hmm. Um, we shall catch you next time. Bye. You have been listening to Still Under Wraps. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Still Under Wraps is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. Movies are selected at random through My Movies, an excellent piece of movie collection software. You can find links to that, as well as our quote-unquote blog and our Facebook group, in the show notes. Still Under Wraps is a High Hello production. any of that makes sense I don't know <laughs> it'll come together in the edit yeah yeah fix it in post fix it in post uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what I've got to go to now okay hello dear <clears throat> yeah you didn't get the <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> I, I, I have it a little, just a tiny amount. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs>